0: Welcome to the Our Infinite God podcast. This podcast exists to encourage the local church to right thinking and right actions by meditating on God. We believe that right understanding of our
1: infinite God will give us a clearer picture of everything else. My name is
0: Alex Cook. My name is Philip Long. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Philip, how's
0: it going? Good, Alex. How are you today, man? I'm doing better than I deserve. Amen. Amen. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to record a a podcast episode with me.
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, Where are you at?
0: (laughs) I'm at my home office. Where are you? Oh, I am
1: in a a parking lot right off Highway 11 in Pickens.
0: (laughs) Perfect. That's very fitting. This is our eighth episode, and I just did the math before we sat down to do this. This is our fifth different recording location. Fifth uh, different one. <laughs> yeah. Back when we started this, we we knew that living an hour what is it? An hour and twenty minutes apart yeah. or so?
1: Yeah, ballpark. Yeah, uh, depending on
0: traffic. We knew that we knew that would uh, Make some things complicated at times, <clears throat> but we've made it work. And right now, we're recording in the middle of this global pandemic, yes, and all of the social distancing guidelines. Yeah, we're, so today we're trying social distancing, yeah, yeah, we're doing a good job of that. Social yeah. distancing, so uh, it'll be a little bit different. And uh, I hope so the recording I hear you comes sniffling. Together, okay. Do you have the coronavirus? <laughs> I do not, just a lot of pollen in oh, my nose, okay, Lord willing, yeah, yeah so uh we're making it work recording an episode even when we're in a a different time different location but uh what's our topic for today alex today is another attribute of god it is the holiness of god awesome i think this one's really important and i'm looking forward to diving into this with you
1: yeah well let's go ahead and jump in for me this has been this is probably the hardest one um Hmm. Just because uh, of what it is. And um, yeah, and so, I, I, one could argue it is probably the most important attribute, but you can't really separate his attributes. And so, I'm excited to get started. So, I'm going to ask you the first question. All right, go for it. When we hear the word holy, what
0: is the first thing we think of? I think most people think in terms of purity, um, like... That something is clean when they think of holiness yeah is that what you would say you think that's what most people think of yeah
1: I would say so um and so is that what holiness means is that all it is
0: yeah I think that's part of it but it's not everything to it so um, if I could back up a second so holiness uh, like the word holies the holiness that idea is really important in the Bible I just looked up a little bit ago uh, the word holy is used s- over 700 times in the wow. Bible. And the, a related word is the word sanctify. It comes from the same root, uh, both in Old and New Testaments. And yeah. that's used over 200 times. What does so sanctify mean? This, uh, to make holy. Okay. And so, um, yeah, so therefore the, the idea of holiness is a really important concept. So it's uh, in the Bible. Concept. It's in the Bible, yes. Yeah. And a lot of times it's it's used of God. Uh, like just in Isaiah alone, uh, God is referred to as the Holy One of Israel 25 times. Wow. So this is a, a critical and crucial aspect of God's character and His nature. Um, so places like Exodus fifteen eleven say, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness? Or 1 Samuel 2, 2 says, None is holy like you. Um, if you go through the book of Leviticus over and over again, uh, he says things like, "I am holy or I, the Lord your God, am holy. And so yeah, with that is this idea of God's purity, um, His cleanliness, you know that, that he's perfect, uh, morally pure, that he doesn't do anything wrong. James 13, God cannot be tempted with evil. He tempts, he himself tempts no one. Um, so he's never done anything wrong. He's never he's, he's perfectly, Righteous and holy, but that if that's all we said about holiness, we'd be leaving out a big part of of what it means for God to be holy. Yeah, and that is the the idea of biblical the biblical idea of holiness is that God is distinct, He is different, He is set apart. Um, and so, like Isaiah chapter six is probably the one place I'd like to spend the most amount of our time, or just helps us understand best this idea yeah. of holiness, where where uh, Isaiah gets this vision. It's in the year that King Uzziah died. He sees the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And above him stood the seraphim, and each had six wings. Uh, they're covering their face, they're covering their feet, they're flying, and they're crying out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And so this is a, 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 if there's one thing that they, they could say about God, they're saying he is holy. And what they the primary thing that they mean there is he's set apart, he is different. And so, one illustration we've, uh, you and I have kicked around before is, um, you know, if we if we look around us, a lot of the things in our lives they kind of relate to one another. So we could look at you know animals or 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 living living creatures like a a microorganism, uh, something that's a little bit more complex than that and more intelligent is a mouse. And you go up the the same spectrum a little bit, maybe you get to a dog that's a little bit smarter, uh, up to a horse, maybe up to a gorilla, and so. The idea here is... They're like one another. Yeah, they have things in common. Yeah. um, And they have similar. And so there, there may be a temptation to say, okay, well, God is just the end of that spectrum. You know, it goes human, then you go up a little bit, and it's angel, and then God. And that's not how it works at all. God is completely distinct, set apart from us completely. He is a unique being in and of Himself. There is no one like god god is separated from the world even as he calls the world to us to himself he is distinct and 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 separate from it and so that's i think a really important part of what it means for god to be holy
1: yeah absolutely does that make sense yeah absolutely he's altogether different
0: yeah yeah absolutely um so help me kind of explain that a little bit more be a little more specific help can you like apply that same holiness to other things to help us understand it better
1: yeah uh first thing i want to say is along in that uh passage in isaiah it says that god is holy 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 three times and um i think that's important because nowhere so in the bible you know it was written in hebrew and greek and the only way they would emphasize something because they don't have uh devices in their language to like underline or bold or exclamation mark (laughs) so if they wanted to emphasize something what they would do is they would repeat it and you see this where jesus when he's speaking he would say truly truly i say to you he's emphasizing Mm. the importance by saying it twice um well the only attribute in the bible that's repeated three times is holy yep and so we see this in Isaiah, the angels uh, screaming, "Holy, holy, holy," is the God, is God.
0: Yeah, and I think one, one to to just reiterate what you just said about the Hebrew language. So one of the ways they would do to say something is like really good or the best, they would say it twice. So one example, Second Kings, Second Kings twenty five. Um, there's a place where it references something being pure gold is how most English translations take it. Yeah. But literally literally it just says gold gold. So it's a way of saying it's not like kind of gold or you know it's okay gold it's it's real gold it's gold <laughs> gold it's, oh, it's, it's gold, pure gold. gold. It's yeah. gold gold. Yeah. And the idea is that it's 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 really truly gold. But here the seraphim are saying about God he is really holy and not just like really holy. Or pure holy. He is really, really holy. He is holy, holy, holy. So, yeah, to your point about the, the original language there, it, it's a way of like underlying bold, italic, circle, exclamation mark, all of it to say three times. And it is it is important that that's unique. That doesn't happen anywhere else with any other, any other attribute about God. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and I, I,
1: I was reading uh, Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul, and he makes that point yeah. in his book. He says, you know, God is love but it, nowhere in the Bible does it say God is love, love, love. Or God, right. God right. is good, but nowhere in the Bible does it say God is good, good, good. But here it does. God is holy, holy, holy. And so it's mm. an important attribute. I'm glad we're talking about it. And so yeah. Yeah. to expand on that a little bit more, uh, there's a couple of things I want to look at in God's holiness. And one of those is his name. And um, mm. when Moses... Meets God at the burning bush. He yep. asks God, what is your name? What can I say to the people of Israel who you are? And God says His name is I Am. And so that's important. And that even points to God's holiness. So me, I am a father because I have children. I am a husband because I have a wife. I have yep. I work because I have a job. And so those things are are outside of me. Those things define me and those things are outside of me. Well, God is not this way. God is self-defining. He he says His name is I am. Hmm. I am who I am. There's not anything outside of God that defines Himself. He is self-defining. He is altogether different than us. We're contingent on other things outside of us, whereas God is not contingent on anything else, anyone else, He is self-defining. And so that's one way where we can see His holiness. Another way is creation. Everything else in the universe that's ever existed has been created. God is the only thing that's uncreated. He he never had a start date. He never had a, a born-on date. He is he he's uncreated. And this blows our minds, but this also points to how He is distinct, He is holy, altogether different. His other attributes. Um, we look at God's holiness, we can apply this to His other attributes. Um, when we were talking about, I think it's immutability, uh, the unchangingness of God. We, uh, yeah. I think I used the illustration of like a, a prism. You see light going through a prism, and then after the light goes through the prism... You see this rainbow, the colors of the light, and how um, they all make up that one light beam. And in the same way, any illustration we use about God, it it falls apart if we push it too far. But we can use some to to help us understand God. Um, And so I think this prism is helpful when we're talking about God's attributes because um, they're all one in the same in that light spectrum, in that light beam. Um, and holiness is can be applied to every single one of god 's attributes god's holy in his unchangingness and holy and his holiness is unchanging God is <clears throat> his justice is completely holy and perfect, and so his holiness can be applied to his attributes and so I think the holiness of god um It definitely carries the weight, this understanding of like cleanliness or consecrated, sanctified, set apart. We see that in the Bible when it talks about holiness. But it also has the. it carries the weight of being distinct, set apart, different. And so um, we see in the temple, the things uh, in the Old Testament, the temple, uh, the things that were considered holy were going to be uh in god's presence in the temple, and they were set apart uh, and they were supposed to be clean, and so holiness carries that weight of kind of a fuller amount of god's presence
0: it's set apart and some idea of purity. yeah, I think the temple is a really helpful like if you're if you're reading through the Bible, and a lot of people get kind of uh, tripped up in the language about the temple especially in Leviticus uh, and so they're like what in the world is going on here with all these rules and all this regulations and stuff but those that's that's really where we get to see just how significant God's holiness is and that we can't we can't just waltz into the presence of God nonchalant uh, yep. because he is so righteous and holy and different and distinct and so you know, the description of the temples. I mean, everything is, is measured down uh, specifically. It's got to be just right. It's got to be set apart just in the right way. It's got to be cleansed. It's got to be cleaned. Uh, and then there's all these layers, you know, to it where you you know there's the outside layer, and then coming in, coming in until you get to the holy of holies, this you know s- centralized place uh, where the presence of God is. And so that, that idea that God is completely set apart and here he is, um, you know, we, we can't just go into that. So, yeah, I think the temple is a really helpful way to, to unpack that.
1: Well, and that leads well into my next question for you. Yeah. What does the holiness of God, what does that say about us? What is our initial response to God's holiness?
0: If we really see God's holiness as it is, if we see God for who he is, our response is to be Broken is to be humbled, is to be terrified. I mean, that's what we, we referenced Isaiah 6 already. Uh, when, when Isaiah has this vision, his first response, rightly, is verse 5, he says, Woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of, of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Our right response to God's holiness is, is to have that kind of brokenness. And we see that every time God shows up, especially in the Old Testament, but even angels showing up in the New Testament, um, like you you referenced Moses at the burning bush uh, when he asked God's name. And before that, when Moses approaches the, the, the bush that's on fire, God says to him from the bush, take off your sandals because you're on holy ground. This is the idea of you can't come to the presence of God uh, close. You know, We uh, as a church went through the book of Judges earlier this year, and twice after an angel shows up, uh, from the Lord, and and really, it's God Himself. When the people realize that they just encountered God, they assume they're going to die, like they yeah. think that's what's going to happen, uh, and that's that is an accurate picture of God's holiness, because we aren't holy; we yeah. are sinful. And yeah. if I think if there's one thing our generation, uh, like I think, kind of the the church, the Christian faith over you know years uh over different seasons and decades or whatever kind of ebbs and flows with our understanding of different things we emphasize one thing and maybe don't emphasize something else and i think this this concept of god's holiness is something we don't emphasize enough in our current you yeah. know world as christians in general and we don't because we don't like the idea of God's of our sinfulness we don't like we like the idea of, like, I remember when I was in high school, I don't know if you ever saw, did you ever see, like, the Jesus is my homeboy t-shirts? Did y'all no. have those? No. Okay, good. You shouldn't. I have heard, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I, I've heard something to that effect, but I don't remember sure right. saying that.
0: Yeah, I I remember somebody, like, in my youth group or something, and I thought it was funny at the time, didn't really think anything about it, but that's that's the Jesus we want. We want the Jesus that's my buddy, that's my friend. And that's like me, but just you know, kind of like a good older brother that you the can look Jesus up to. Jesus, who isn't holy, right? Exactly, and that's not like we can't just pal around with God yep. uh, on our own. We we are sinful, we are depraved, we are wretched. We we deserve the wrath of God because He is perfectly holy, yep. and from the beginning we keep messing up. Yep. Um, you know, I've used before the idea of God's. Uh, if we think about God's holiness. We should see our sin better. You know, yeah. I don't know if this this happens to you, Alex, but in my house with three kids, we don't always have the floor perfectly vacuumed and clean. Really? I'm sure y'all do a better job. Oh, it's immaculate. You can eat on the <laughs> yeah. part.
1: Good. No, that's not well, true. Well,
0: on on our not great days, when there is dirt on the floor, you know, like early morning or late at night, when the or late in the afternoon or whatever, when the sun's coming directly in. I don't know if you've ever had this, but sometimes the sun will hit the floor in such a way that it lights it up. And you're like, I didn't even know there was dirt there. Yeah. Now that the sun hits it, like you can't miss it. The sun is there. I mean, the, yeah. the dirt is there. And God's holiness should do that to us. It should be a light that mm-hmm. penetrates in our hearts where we go, whoa. Yeah. God really, I really am not holy, and God really yeah. is holy.
1: Well, in the Bible, it uses that language, woe is me, woe is me. Well, we don't exactly. use that language today. And what no. that means, I had to look it up. Uh a couple of years ago, when I was reading that passage, and that literally means "I am doomed." That's what yeah. "woe is me" means. I am doomed, yep. and that's what that's what these people are saying when in the Bible when they come into God's presence. That's like you know, yeah, that it's exposing the sin that, that they can now see against the perfectly white holiness of God.
0: Yep, and what's funny, the, the to continue the floor illustration, we actually in this house, uh, in our kitchen, we actually have white floors because of the room was so dark when we bought the house, and now we kind of regret it because dirt <laughs> doesn't hide there. We don't need the sun uh, to see the dirt on the white floors. Yeah, and uh, that is kind of how, who got. I mean, the perfectly white holiness of God, in, in contrast to that, we see every blemish. Yeah, and I think our culture, we don't we don't like that idea. We no. play. We play the comparison game, but not between us and God. We play it between us and other people. Yep. Um, so, like, uh, uh, how are you at basketball, Alex? You and I—we've never had a chance to play basketball. Oh, are you, I'm, how are you that's at, like one of my least favorite sports. All right. Well, then I'm I could terrible.
1: Take you. Oh yeah, you can tell me you're tall. or <laughs> right. Short.
0: Yeah. There you go. So the height difference, and and I I I haven't played you know organized basketball since ninth grade, but I loved it. So if we if I show up at McCall later today. And we played one on one there at the court uh, yeah. at the entrance. I think I could take you. You know, you would either be and, really uh,
1: mad at me by the end of the game, or yes, yeah, you would win.
0: <laughs> okay, well, let's for the sake of this, let's just assume that I I, I, I get you pretty good. Like yeah. it's, it's that's a clear not victory. a stretch
1: in the imagination.
0: Yeah. So if I left that day pounding my chest like I am the hero of basketball, like all it would take is if anybody that's actually decent at basketball showed up, they could take me because I'm not in good shape. I haven't played in forever. like my shot is terrible. Um, and just picture me playing you know the some NBA star right now, you know t- yeah. take Steph Curry or Kevin Durant. like if one of them showed up and I played one on one with them, it, I would be embarrassed. like it wouldn't be fun. So that makes it clear that in comparison to a, an actual good basketball player, you would tell i'm i'm not really any good and that's just a even in a much greater way the 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 space between us and god on the holiness spectrum is is enormous yeah. and so i think in our world we we think okay god's <clears throat> a little bit better than me jesus is a little bit better than me or or at least i'm not as bad as so and so you know like we we compare ourselves either up or down we can always find somebody who's a little bit worse than us so we're not that bad you know but in comparison with God's perfect holiness, we're, we we deserve to be just totally destroyed. We, and to we, be we clear, are,
1: God's not going to judge us compared to Hitler or right. the bad neighbor down the street. God's going to compare us to His perfect holiness.
0: That's the measurement. Yep, that's good. And so, yeah, so let's let's go on with that uh, because that's really important. So take me to Jesus, Alex. What? Tell me about holiness in Jesus. How do we see... You know, if this is who we just said we are, how do we see God's holiness in Jesus? And, and especially, what does the cross tell us about God's holiness?
1: Yeah, and yeah, we, so I think it was, I've got a quote here. Yeah, Billy Graham says, Only when we understand the holiness of God will we understand the depth of our sin. And so it's good that we talk yeah. about, we feel the weight of our sin because we have to, to see the need for the cross, to see the need for salvation. And so first off, Jesus is God. So everything that applies yeah. to God applies to Jesus. They're one in the same. And so Jesus is perfectly 100% holy. And we see this in his life. When uh, he was performing miracles, um, he would use his spit. He would spit on the ground and mix up mud and heal people from blindness. So typically in the Old Testament, um, that would uh, you know spitting, that would be unclean. And so even Jesus, his spit is considered clean and holy, and it would make people well. And so Jesus, he would he would go out of the way during his life to show how he was holy, he was God. And so holiness and Jesus are one in the same because Jesus yeah. is God. And so also... Um, uh, I heard a pastor say the cross of Jesus Christ represents the intersection of God's love and God's holiness, and yeah, so really it's, good. it says in the Bible that um, at the cross, Romans three twenty six, that um, God showed His righteousness so that He could be just and justifier. So God is holy; He demands perfection of that white no. burning hot holiness is the bar in which we have to reach and we fall short every single time and that's why Christ came He paid our debt and so we can stand in the holiness of God we can stand in God's presence only if we trust in the cross of Christ alone for our justification our, sanct- our righteousness and our holiness yeah. and so um, that's how Jesus and holiness tie together is um, you know going back to God's holiness it it we use I don't know if we talked about this yet but we can use the illustration of the sun yeah. and, and how you know we're millions of miles away from the sun here on earth and we have a comfortable um, uh, temperature and rays from the sun coming to us but the closer we get mm-hmm. to that sun the more incredible and fierce those rays will be. In the same way, mm-hmm. that's the way God's presence is. God's everywhere. It says in the Psalms that God's even in the in death, at the, the depths of Sheol. Yeah. And so God's everywhere. But in certain places and in certain ways, God's presence, His holiness, is more severe, more bright, more full. And, in, and that's the closer we get to that sun. Yeah. God's holiness is a lot like the sun. Now, anytime we use illustrations, they do break down to a certain point. But we can yeah. use this illustration here because the closer we get to the sun, more intense those rays are. The closer we get to God, the more intense His holiness is. And so yeah. those who are going to heaven are going to go live in the presence of God. And the only way that is possible is if we have been made holy through the blood of Christ that He shed
0: on our behalf on the cross. Amen. Amen. Yeah, the, the Son, like like God, the Son is good. It's, it's a good thing. <laughs> uh, yes. But if you aren't prepared, you can't get close to it, closer to it. You know, there reaches a point where that would, you wouldn't make it. And the same way with God, you know, we, we can't, he is good. And, uh, but to be in his full presence, we're, we're not prepared for that. We need Jesus. That's right. That's that, uh, your quote about the, the cross of Jesus representing the intersection of God's love and holiness. That's perfect because it shows his love for us and what he was willing to do, but it also shows what his holiness requires in order for us to be in his presence. You know, the wages of sin is death. We, we deserve death and Jesus paid that he he died for us. So it shows yeah. what his holiness requires, but he paid he he took the he well, he's the one that gave the payment in our place, so it shows his love. So that's really helpful. So is holiness for God or for people, Alex? The answer
1: is yes. So yeah. so far we've talked about God's holiness and we touched a little bit on how uh, we can we can be in God's holy presence through Christ. But also, we haven't talked about yet that that in the Bible God requires holiness of His people. He does. And so um, in Haggai, um, the prophet is uh, asking the people, he said if you have a holy piece of meat um, and it touches, say wine or some food or oil, does that, that substance, does it become holy? And And they say, no. And he said, in the same way, Israel, that's the way you were. You weren't making other people holy around you. You weren't being a witness. You weren't being holy the way I have asked you to be holy. But you were like, you became like the people around you. You became unclean. And so God requires, God asks us, well, God requires holiness of his people. And um, that can only be achieved through Christ. Amen. Amen. So, how can holiness be applied to people?
0: Yeah, so I think the first our, our first takeaway on God's holiness is worship. The first thing we need to do is to say, "Wow, he he Amen. is unlike me." And that's a good thing. <laughs> because yep. if God was like us, we would all be doomed. There would be no hope. Uh, so the first thing we do is step back and say, "Wow, we praise God," especially in light of what you just said about what Christ has done for us. We our response to holiness is awe and worship, awe and wonder. Um, but then the second thing, what you just said, that the Bible over and over again, as much as it calls God holy, it calls us to be holy. So all those yep. references in Leviticus to God's holiness, uh, he said, like Leviticus 1144, you shall therefore be holy as I am holy. Um, and so the the call is, and that's not just an Old Testament thing, the, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount Matthew 5, 48 says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And so we, to to enter into God's presence, we are called to be holy. The problem is we can't do that on our own. And so what you just uh, described for us in Jesus, that that is the only way that when we believe in Him, His righteousness gets applied to us. So we, in God's eyes, are viewed as holy. And to take us back, this isn't just an, an idea Jesus, you know, that God came up with in the New Testament. Even going back to the Isaiah six passage, after um, Isaiah is is just ruined, he says, "Woe is me." Uh, he has a, the, the the next part of the vision is that a seraphim flies over and has a burning coal that is taken with tongs from the altar, and he touches the mouth of the prophet, uh, and he says, "Behold, this has touched your lips." Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for, mm. uh, which is such a powerful idea. So it's something has come from the holy altar and touched. You know, So the altar is where a sacrifice would have been made. And so a, a, a coal has been pulled from that, a burning coal. And similar to your your Haggai reference here, the, the coal, which is holy, touches something that is unholy. And it makes that unholy thing, Isaiah the prophet, it makes him holy. Holy, and so that's the that's the what's happening to us by faith in Christ is the holy one is given to us who is unholy, and we are now declared holy. And uh, if you start going looking for this, man, this is all through the Bible. And a great reference you sent me was Ezekiel forty-seven, where the Ezekiel where the prophet Ezekiel has this vision of water that's trickling out of the temple. So again, the temple is this place of God's holiness his perfection, his presence. But this water starts trickling out of the temple and forms a bigger and bigger stream until it makes a river. And this river is cutting through the desert, going all the way to the Dead Sea. And everywhere it goes, it brings life. It brings flourishing. It brings the the Dead Sea to life. And that's the idea of coming out of the temple, transforming everything it touches. God's holiness is going out. And so that's what Jesus has done for us. And you already made reference to the way Jesus lived. But when like the the spit when he touches people's eyes when he touches he is not becoming unclean by touching those things he because he is god he is making things holy amen and so when we by faith believe in jesus we become one of his followers he touches us we are declared holy and righteous before god and so we the the idea is that we are justified we are a, our sin is atoned for we are declared that we can come into His presence. Uh, and that's the first idea. Like the, in the New Testament, we are called saints, which has its root that, that literally just means holy ones. So we are declared holy. And what's beautiful about that in the New Testament is that holiness is not just an, an external holiness. That, that holiness actually begins to transform our hearts. That Jesus, by His Spirit, actually begins to make us Holy. So that our actions actually begin to line up with who we are in God's eyes. That we are made holy. And so, uh, you know, you read through the New Testament, there's so many commands, even in the New Testament, because we're called to be holy. So second, I mean, um, Hebrews 12:10, 10, uh, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. So we, we are becoming like God himself. We are sharing in his holiness. Yep. Um and so that's that's what's supposed to be happening for us as Christians by faith in Jesus. That's good. So um help us wrap this up a little bit, Alex. Sum it up how how should we be responding to God's holiness, Alex? Okay. Um and I think you put that you hit the
1: nail on the head in one word, the way we respond to God's holiness is worship. Amen. And so but also I think there's three different ways to look at God's holiness um, that we can take away for us, kind of practical application. And that's caution, confidence, and comfort. And so caution is, uh, like I quoted Billy Graham earlier, he said, only when we understand the holiness of God will we understand the depth of our sin. And we've already talked about that white hot holiness of God, when we see that, we should have caution and I know in, in my life, times where I felt just really close to God, I had this sense of reverence and awe, of dread yeah. and joy simultaneously, where I feel the weight of my sin, but the joy of being in God's presence and the forgiveness of that sin. And, and that's the way the, the Bible talks about the presence of God. Uh, in um, Hebrews 12, reverence and awe, And uh, Paul writes about fear and trembling. There should be a sense of caution when we talk about God's holiness. Um, I think uh, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, when he was writing the Chronicles of Narnia, he talks about how um, the children were in this magical land of Narnia, and they were learning about the king. And C.S. Lewis wrote this so that it would be uh, symbolic that the king would be God. And so the children learn that the king in this magical land is a lion. And they ask, is this lion safe? And the people of Narnia say, no, he is not safe. But he is good. And that really it shows us God's holiness. is how he is not safe. He is a mighty king. He is God. He is all-powerful. He is holy. He is righteous. And that should give us caution. But that should also give us comfort and confidence because that same big, holy, righteous God is the God who saved us, who protects us. And also, I was listening to a sermon about holiness from Kevin DeYoung, and he made a really good point. And so, um, and kind of going back to where God commands us as his people to walk in holiness to a Christian they may get to the point. I think every Christian gets to this point at some point or another. They feel futile in their pursuit of holiness. Sometimes it's hard to see how far we've come um, when we're you know, in the midst of it. And sometimes we stumble and fail. But God does require perfection, and that perfection was met in Jesus Christ. But He also calls us to walk in holiness, and sometimes we stumble and fail. But And so Kevin DeYoung uses the illustration of a child. So imagine going home and you're a five-year-old. You say, hey, uh, um, Jonah, go clean your room. And Jonah says, yes, Daddy. He says it with um, just eagerness, and he goes up there. He cleans it up. And when I go up there and I see, like, oh, he made the bed wrong, I'm not going to be upset with him he did it in joy. He went and he he tried to obey me to the best of his ability. I'm going to be happy as a father, as even a fallen father. I'm going to be happy that Jonah tried to do in joy and obedience and eagerness to obey me in the same way as me, a fallen father. If I'm going to treat Jonah, I'm not going to complain about the way he did it wrong. In the same way, God Uh, looks at our pursuit of holiness in that way is he's not this condemning father to his children. Yes, he demands perfection and we have that perfection in Christ, but he also is pleased with our eagerness to obey him. And I have found that comforting. That illustration Kevin Mm -hmm. DeYoung uses is because he does. God commands us to pursue holiness. And so we do that and we fell at it, but He's pleased when we do it with eagerness, trying to please God. So That's good. the holiness of God should give us caution, but also gives us confidence and it should give us comfort.
0: That's good. Yeah, I had a seminary professor with some similar idea that um, he said, you know, we're, we're declared righteousness in Christ and then the Holy Spirit is working on our lives so that at the end of our lives, you know, from, from the moment we believe in Jesus, God looks at us and says, You are you are holy, you are you are righteous, you are my son. But then the idea is that the way this should work at the end of our lives, when when he says that, you know, he'll look back and he'll say, At the at the end as of the end of our lives, he'll say, I told you so. It's like we, we actually become holy like he called us, he declared us when we put our faith in him.
1: Yeah, that's good. All right, so I want to close with uh, a quote and a question for you. Okay. Um the quote is, uh, I got this from Paul Washer. He says that holiness is not mere obedience, but a passion to be in the presence of God. Amen. And I feel like that's helpful because it's not just mere uh, checklist, but it's to be in the presence of God. And um, and we'll, we will do that if um, we are pursuing holiness. Um, and my question is this. Um, I've come across some really good resources while studying this attribute, do you want to share yeah. any that you come across that you've come yeah, across? Yeah, so
0: I've—I mean, I, I have a handful of books about the attributes of God that are really helpful. Um, you know, Arthur Pink wrote a book uh, on the on the attributes of God. Jen Wilkin has written two books: one on his uh, incommunicable attributes, the, the ways that we're not like Him. She calls it None Like Him. Holiness she covers in her second book called In His Image. You know, systematic. I have a couple of systematic theology books that are really good. A little light uh, Wayne reading, huh? Yeah, light light reading, like Wayne Grudem and Millard Erickson. Uh, you reference R. C. Sproul's Holiness of God. It's really yeah, good. so
1: there were there were going to be three. I was going to recommend, and that was one of them, Holiness of God by R. C. Sproul. I found that really helpful.
0: Yeah, another one is God Is by Mark Jones. I got it on Kindle for just a few bucks, and he you've got a ton of resources.
1: I only have three. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so yeah, there's there's so many good things out there. I think it's worth diving deeply into uh, God's attributes because because what and which is what we said about this podcast. We want people to see God better uh, because that changes everything.
1: Yeah, that's good. Okay, so my other two uh, resources I would recommend for the holiness of God is uh, Kevin D Young, the sermon by him talking about mm. holiness. I, that was really helpful for me. Just kind of practical application. Um, living it out, and then um, uh, something completely different is the Bible Project's got like a ten-minute video on the holiness yes. of God, and that was really good. And we talked a little bit about that today with the uh, Ezekiel River and the Hot Coal. They touch on that as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, that's a really that that whole website is really good. The, the Bible Project, they have so many good resources. It's a great place to look. All right. Well, sounds good. Until next time. Let us
1: dwell on our infinite God. Amen.